This is John Harrigan, and welcome to the Secret to Immortality podcast. This is part three of our discussion on mindfulness for immortality. The Secret to Immortality has three parts. One, mindfulness for immortality that we're discussing here. Two, Qigong for lasting life that you can read about on our website, immortalnow.com. And three, immortality coaching. So the secret to immortality has three parts. One that we're discussing today, mindfulness for immortality. Two, Qigong for lasting life. And three, immortality coaching. Mindfulness for immortality is similar to the popular practice of mindfulness, yet we add something more. We add an awareness, a consciousness, a support from yourself of your eternal immortal self. Mindfulness for immortality facilitates a progressing awareness of our calm and steady core of immortality. So we're focusing in the here and now more and more into the depth of the immediate moment with mindfulness for immortality, very similar to mindfulness alone, but we add on to it the critical awareness and suggestion that we are in this deep self-place of the here and now, that we are eternal and unending perfect love, perfect bliss, and perfect peace. This practice of mindfulness for immortality, it acknowledges and validates our true deep self. When we're trying to find ourselves and even get to a place of nirvana, heaven, God consciousness, without the understanding that we're physically immortal, we sell ourselves short. We cut ourselves off from our two selves. Even when we're, we've been practicing for decades mindfulness and we get to a beautiful, calm, and perfect place, if we are underneath this practice planning to die the whole time, planning to participate in the idea of death as the end of life and as part of the cycles of life and death, if we're if we've bought into that if we're believing that we are energetically determining our fate and it can get kind of tricky i've meditated since i was the 12 years of age and even before that i felt a a perfect consciousness i felt a god conscious presence of perfect love bliss and good that was in me that was in the world and beyond and we can all get to that place for med- from with meditation, with the practice of mindfulness, but we're kind of deceiving ourselves if we can't look at how we're creating our immediate reality. And when that unconscious or conscious buy-in to death by killing in small and large and horrible ways, killing in the world, how do we support that? How do we do that? Are we really acting as kind and loving and compassionate as we possibly can? And why should we act that kind, compassionate, and loving? Why should we? Because that's who we really are. There's a reason for that. Why act nice? Why not act bad? If bad will get us what we want, 
we suggest that what you want, what you really need, what you're after, even people pursuing greed and the rewards they think they'll get from that, we suggest that everyone is pursuing their golden soul, that pure and perfect compassion, love and bliss. Would anybody in the world misbehave if they felt safe, if they felt protected, if they felt deeply loved, and they in turn were deeply loving the world and any everyone in it? Would anyone be fighting? No, we would be acting in a cooperative way with each other. We'd be treating each other in a way where we could all grow in an infinite, strong, and beautiful manner. We'd be interacting with a nature that was nurturing for us, that wasn't trying to kill us, (laughs) and we wouldn't be trying to kill any part of nature. We can live in this cooperative consciousness But it takes a little effort and a little awareness. It doesn't take everybody in the world having this awareness. By example, a very small amount of people, maybe 10% or less, is all that is needed to affect the world and everyone in it in a positive, forward, secret-to-immortality way. And this secret-to-immortality, it's... um, kind of a, a misnomer on purpose. It's not a secret at all. All of us know the secret to immortality, and I'll say this periodically in these episodes of the podcast, all of us know the secret to immortality. It's how we create our lives. Most of us know, unless we're maybe disabled, unless we're living in a, a difficult country where there aren't any freedoms, unless we're, we're living under the limitations and the difficulties of war, most of us know that we create our day. We create what we're experiencing. We are fashioning what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we have around us. And it seems kind of obvious, you know, if I find some place to live and I want to change the color of the insides and I have enough money to buy paint, I buy the paint that I like, And it goes from one color to another. It might go from uh, a soft, um, a soft green to um, maybe a white. Uh, Who knows? But we change our environment, and we change how we're feeling. We change how we're thinking. With the secret to immortality, we help you understand that the very physical reality that we're in, there's really no difference between our bodies, ourselves, another person, between nature, the earth, the air, the sky. We're all affecting that as humans. As our life form, we're contributing and we're giving instructions to nature to how to treat us. We're giving instructions to people close to us and far away of how to treat us. A smile, this is the secret to immortality in a nutshell. A smile gets a smile, a frown gets a frown. But it's not just somebody else smiling in return to our smile. It's all of nature, all of all of life responds to our consciousness. If it's love, compassion, and goodness, and you may say, wow, that's pretty difficult to be loving, compassionate, and kind all day long. Yeah, it takes it takes some work, but 
that's the value in it. When there's some resistance to something, it gives us the opportunity to make a commensurate strength within ourselves. When there's a difficult time we have to work through, that difficulty gives us the opportunity to create a greater strength, to develop, find, and discover a greater solution a greater presence of life within us than we ever would have had without that challenge. So, yes, we're all born into a pretty difficult creation, a very flawed creation. I suggest that um, in a metaphorical way, we're in the Garden of Eden now. And the Garden of Eden simply does what we instruct it to do. So we, we were perhaps in a beautiful, heavenly place with animals, plants, sun, and night. And it slowly evolved to match the difficult and harsh way that we started treating each other in all of nature. It's karma, perhaps, but I, I would like you to think of it as more instant than karma. If you treat somebody well, like if a little baby is crying and it's not too far upset, you can help it to be happy and smile again by meeting its needs and by responding to all of life in a nurturing manner of love, compassion, and goodness, life responds. And sometimes, no, not instantly, sometimes not at all for a lifetime, but we can change in response to that harsh and difficult environment, in response to harsh and difficult treatment in life, we can change ourselves for the better. It sounds impossible in harsh times, but it's not at all if you just start practicing it. And we're teaching you how to do that in this podcast, Secret to Immortality, and we teach you how to do that on our website, immortalnow.com, where we have a course, Introduction to Immortality, where we have a monthly membership where we teach Qigong and have private custom lectures that go more in depth about the secret to immortality for members of that website. We have about four um, Qigong classes, Qigong for lasting life immortality. We have about four classes a month. And in each of those four classes, we have a unique lecture only, only four and only taught in the iLab Immortality Lab, and you can go to our website, immortalnow.com, and find all that. You can also find some free exercises to do immediately on the website. If you're interested in, in Qigong for Lasting Life and Immortality, go to that website right now and look at the top of the menu sections and you'll find something about qigong and you can you can read all about it get to understand it uh, f discover what what it can do for you in a strong and positive health way and um, there's a powerful exercise you can do for free that's all the secret to immortality. One, mindfulness for immortality. Two, Qigong for lasting life and immortality. And three, immortality coaching. Now we're going to go to the website article that you can find on our blog called Mindfulness for Immortality. Simply go to the top of any page, any article on our blog at immortalnow.com, 
And you'll see on the right-hand column, uh, a narrow column, you'll see Essential Articles to Read. That's the title. And go down one, two, three, four articles, four blog posts, and you'll find Mindfulness for Immortality. I'm going to read a bit from that um, that article right now. And if you want to pause and go along with me, it's going to be mostly discussion, but I'm also reading from this article and going into further depth beyond what's written. So if you're on that article, scroll down to part two. If you're not, it doesn't matter. Just listen to what I'm saying. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the popular term mindfulness and what that is. And that has value. And it is what we're doing with mindfulness for immortality, but we're doing more as we've suggested and explained in this podcast episode. So the popular term the popular term mindfulness has found its way into the popular lexicon, the, the language of the times. The popular term mindfulness can seem complex and difficult to understand with a plethora of courses, classes, and certifications seemingly coming from every direction. So what is the popular mindfulness that we hear so often in different media contexts that is also an aspect of the mindfulness, the first step of the secret to immortality, which is mindfulness for immortality. The Cambridge Dictionary, if you're not lost by what I just said, the Cambridge Dictionary defines mindfulness as, quote, the practice of being aware of your body, mind, and feelings in the present moment, thought to create a feeling of calm. And I'm going to repeat that. The Cambridge Dictionary defines mindfulness as the practice of being aware of your body, mind, and feelings in the present moment. And I would suggest to you the way we teach mindfulness, and we do teach this, you become aware of your body, your mind, and feelings as one thing, as one being that is you in your body. All three things, body, mind, and feelings as you in you, thought to create a feeling of calm, and it will create calm if you practice it again and again. And we have meditations in our podcast episodes. So if you want to get right to meditating and mindfulness after you've listened to this podcast or, or right now, look at the podcast episodes listed and do the ones, listen to the ones that are meditations, guided meditations. In all of those, we start with a simple Eyes to nose, nose to heart, ruby red arc, and then feet to ground with the eyes closed. And that can be called Qigong warm-up. I also discuss it and talk about it as Qigong meditation. And in that meditation, you will find mindfulness. Your body and mind will go to a natural, mindful place in any of our meditations. So this is a talk right now, an episode that's a talk in this podcast, and we have other episodes that you can find that are guided meditations that contain the, this little exercise, little exercise that is hugely powerful of practice over time. So back to our article on mindfulness for meditation. The popularity of the idea of mindfulness has exploded in the past 30 years 
as you all know, if you're older than 30, it has many different sources and can be traced historically to just about any religion and practice. And I really do think that animals naturally practice mindfulness. Um, cats just sitting quietly with their eyes shut, but kind of aware. And other animals, if you watch animals in nature or watch videos of animals in nature on YouTube or Instagram, almost every animal does something very similar to mindfulness meditation. I have a beautiful um, fish in a fish tank. And I'm not going to tell you what kind it is because I don't think I can pronounce it. But it started out as a small fish and grew larger and I knew it would. And that fish is sometimes very, very active, especially if she thinks I'm about to feed her. And other times that fish just comes way down and just very little movement, just a little tiny movement to keep it in space. And it's resting. So I suggest to you that all animals have this infinite consciousness, this God being, and even plants as I see them have this perfect consciousness. Animals need to calm down and get steady within that calm consciousness. And if you watch them, they do it all day long. And I suggest that as human beings, we're meant to do that all day long. We're meant to calm ourselves. We're meant to get grounded and in, into a consciousness of perfect peace, happiness, bliss. Mindfulness, the term mindfulness belongs to no one, cannot be classified or certified, though everybody's trying to do that to kind of get on in, into the action and claim it as their own. But mindfulness, in fact, belongs to no one. And no one's method of teaching it is the right method and perhaps also not the wrong. No certification or classifications are needed. But just with um, meditation classes, it's beneficial to go to somebody that has been practicing meditation for a long time, that has been teaching meditation for maybe at least 10 years. It takes about 10 years doing anything to really become expert at it. So there is a value, I think, in certification or uh, classification of someone teaching, but it isn't that they took this class or that class here or there and have this certification or even degree. It's how long have they been teaching? Look for 10 years. So I've been practicing uh, meditation since I was 12. And I've been doing Qigong for over 26 years, um, practicing with the Qigong Grandmaster from Beijing. Um, I've been doing this a long time with other people that have been doing it a whole lot longer than I have. And everything works well that way, whether you're learning a sport, um, a, a new personal development skill, or whether you're learning the secret to immortality. Mindfulness, again, belongs to no one, cannot be classified. The term mindfulness cannot be classified or certified, really. Cats do it, I think, as I observe them. Monkeys do it. If you watch monkeys, mindfulness is a natural practice of consciousness. We can observe in myriad forms of nature. Really, I would suggest everywhere. 
mindfulness is a natural human behavior that we automatically do, naturally do, unless we're captured by urban landscapes, a lot of fear, a lot of commotion, and sometimes, sadly, terror. Computer screens and smartphones that take us out of our normal, natural habitat defeat mindfulness. Mindfulness can remind us of who we are and take us to our core consciousness of bliss, of peace and satisfaction. Mindfulness is not a secret at all and never has been. Mindfulness is our native human conscious state that allows us to grow, feel happiness and pleasure. So just do it. Practice mindful awareness of the here and now. As I'm, as I'm saying this, just close your eyes, relax and breathe a little, feel your chest, your feet on the floor, and tell yourself you are where you are as who you are. Just do it, this simple mindfulness practice, and go to, go to guided meditations and other episodes of the Secret to Immortality podcast. Just do it. Practice mindful awareness, but do it with an understanding that we all are creating reality, that we all are responsible for everything within ourselves and in the outer world. As creators of this world, we are responsible for how nature behaves. We give nature instructions. We write the code that determines what nature does. So this is the end of the third part of discussion and conversation around mindfulness for immortality. The next episode will be the fourth part of our discussion on mindfulness for immortality. Now, relax, be calm, feel your wonderful eternal soul. You are immortal now. And that's the end of this podcast. <laughs>